I can't help it that I look good, smell good, woo, can't dance all night long. Uh, you've been talking to the apes and the giraffes and chimpanzees again, haven't you? Yes, I'm excited! All right. Good evening, everybody. Time for another exciting episode of Fast Freddy Rocks Youngstown. We are here at the Youngstown Studios in beautiful downtown Youngstown, Ohio. Joe Danier is here with me, and uh, we are ready to rock your Monday night. And we started right on time today. Whoa. You know what? The pressure was on. I, Viking Jim bet me 100 bucks that I wasn't going to be here to start on time today. And... Uh, I think Joe was in cahoots with Vike because Joe got here, you know, perilously close to starting time. And I had a chance to do something to Joe that people do to me all the time. And I never really get a chance to do it. And that's the point to their wrist and point to the watch, you know, and people do that to me all the time. And I finally had a chance to do that to somebody else. And it kind of felt good. You're you know? the responsible one. <laughs> Good job, Freddie. Yeah, and I see my buddy Richie already commented, hey, maybe you'll start being on time for bike nights <laughs> and all our motorcycle rides. And I said, Richie, don't push it, man. One day at a time. Small steps. We'll, we'll just go to this one day at a time. You know, we got a long way to go till motorcycle season. So, But who knows? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm starting something. Maybe I'm on a – you know, it, it's kind of crazy. But, uh, there, you know, I have been late all my life. I think it's because we had a big family in one bathroom and we had five kids. So anywhere, anytime we had to go somewhere and you had to get seven people ready, you know, I think we always kind of ran a little bit late, but, but the rest of my family is not, not tardy. I was late for school almost every single day, especially in high school. And I would get cracked every single day. I walk in, I'd be about 10 minutes late, 15 minutes late. I'd come walking in the building and the teacher would crack me with a paddle and then I would go about my day. So, so and, did they tell you the six o'clock party starts at five 30, just to trick you in getting there on time? No, no, no that, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. People have tried that many times, but it, it just doesn't work. TJ checking in already. Good afternoon, TJ. And uh, we'll be seeing TJ later this summer. He'll be having the uh, Abate motorcycle raffle tickets before you know it. Oh, and we have the uh, the Abate uh, meltdown party coming up pretty soon, too. That comes up in February. That's like one of our first motorcycle parties. And uh, we'll be there with TJ. And, uh, yeah, okay, see, Jaybird said the, the, the lying about the time doesn't work. No. You see right through it. <laughs> I don't know how these guys could even say that. I I, I really don't. I, you, know, you know what? They're just mean. That's I all. know. I know. So do you have no any New Year's resolutions? Uh, no, 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 no New Year's resolutions. Okay. Nothing at all. You know, I'm just, you know, when you're, when you're like me, what, what do you really need to change, man? I mean, seriously, you know, it's the Adonis of perfection. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I have been the same way. My entire life, though, I mean, you know, when I was late all the time for for high school in college, I'd always have to try to take afternoon classes because, you know, I'd get that one class that they only offered for one quarter and they offered it at seven o'clock in the morning. I think they did that to weed out the losers, Heck you know, yeah. and and it was always like a it was always like a. Uh, a required class that you needed it and they only offered it once and they offered it at seven o'clock in the morning. And you know, that, that was always tough for me, but even, I mean, just about everything 
how I am, I, I really haven't changed all that much. You know, in grade school, they were always on my case to get my hair cut. I never wanted to get my hair cut. I never tucked in my shirt. They were always on me to tuck in my shirt. I never Freaking tucked in rebel. my shirt. And I always had the messiest desk. And to this day, my desk, it's, it's just a mountain of papers. But I could sort through it pretty fast. It's kind of crazy that I could I could sort through my desk and find exactly what I need, even if it's jotted on a, a napkin or something like that. I could always make it through and find it. I know exactly where everything's at, even though it's like this big mountain of disorganization. It really isn't, though. And, you know, but I, I've been like that my entire life. You know, it works. And, my, and my teacher in grade school, I say, you're going to end up being a garbage man. Because back then, I guess, you know, the nuns thought that, you know, being a garbage man was nowadays garbage men make some pretty good bucks. $70,000 right? a year. And now they have the automatic truck. Up. You really don't have to lift a lot. There's not <laughs> right? a lot of dudes riding on the back throwing stuff in, you know. So I don't know. But uh, uh, Jaybird says the truth is never pretty. <laughs> Why do they cutting. have to? But they don't have to be so brutally honest with me, you know. They could, you know, sugarcoat it a little That's bit, right. not come friend. right out. Yeah, Give not come hug. right out. Yeah, dude, you know, <laughs> no, they're the first ones there with the tap on the wrist. Yeah, you know, right. Yeah, it's, it's like okay, come on. Hey, speaking of Jay Bird, of course, uh, his son James is uh, one of the top chefs in the Navy in the in the entire Navy, and he was kind enough to hook us up with these great drink glasses from the White Hall, White House Navy mess. And uh, we always have it here. And uh, we sucker. always start the Smell we it. always start we always start the show with a toast to all our uh, service members and everybody in the military and all our veterans and uh, all our guys and women that are deployed this holiday season and won't be home. So we always start the show with a toast from them with our glasses from the White House. And uh, what are we enjoying today, Joe? This is uh, apple crown. Oh, okay. A little flavor for your whiskey. Okay, okay. Smells so good, man. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Tis the season. You know, I've been thinking about how much I like Crown. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm faithful to Jack. You know, Jack is like my number one. But the other day I was thinking, yeah, you know what? I had a couple shots of Crown here and there, and it was like, boy, that stuff is pretty good. Yeah. And, and we have a different flavor of whiskey every month. Right. Here, so you get to sample yes. all different types. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, we had some good bourbon here the last couple of weeks. That was that was some good stuff. Yeah, there. that toasted stuff had some good flavor yeah, too. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. What's with the thing on your wrist? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Tap that to know when when to be somewhere. My sister says they're probably just being kind to me. Okay. Jay says his favorite crown is the salted caramel. I love it. that too. That is some good that's, stuff. That's next year. We're going to in the new year with, with salted that caramel. is really good. Now a couple different drinks you could mix with that. Now, if you want to, that goes good with, uh, you, you put some Bailey's in there. Although Bailey's is, is so expensive. I'll, I'll pose this question today. Is Bailey's really worth the price when they have Ryan's out there? Am I being a cheapskate by buying Ryan's instead of Bailey's? Because Ryan's is like 15 bucks a bottle. And I think Bailey's is like 30, 35. Is there that big of a difference in Ryan's and Bailey's? 
taste wise or, or anyway, anyways, okay. anyways, you know, when I was down in Florida, I went into the, uh, yeah, Ashley says the peach crown is good too. Yeah. A lot of people like the peach crown Keith Sturgeon, artist extraordinaire checking in. I had a chance to see uh, Keith earlier this week. He did a really great painting of singer Samantha fish for Cornell Bogdan for the blue show. And, uh, he presented the, the picture to the winner. And that was, it was a good time. Oh, he's so talented. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's an awesome, awesome artist, pinstriper and everything. So I'm sure we'll be seeing more Keith here coming up. David Childers checking in our buddy, Dave, what's going on, Dave. And, um, so where was I getting back to, Oh, the, the, uh, the, the caramel crown. And you put that in a shot of Bailey's and a shot of the caramel crown together. And that is really a, a tasty little festive drink. I guess if you really want to be fruity, you could put a little whipped cream on it. Oh. But, you know, I, I don't like to mix whipped cream with my alcohol. You know, I draw the line. I like coffee and alcohol, but not not whipped cream and alcohol. Somebody mixed me up a, an alcoholic eggnog and had whipped cream on it. It was uh -huh. so good. It was like a dessert. Yeah, alcohol. yeah, It was yeah. good every once in a while. Yeah, you know, that's... Uh, Festive. You got to do it. Yeah, like right, right, right. It's holiday season, so I can see how that goes. But, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the salted caramel crown is is some good stuff. That should be our drink. Then, then you know what? You bring that, and I'll bring some Ryan's. I'm gonna okay. be a cheap. I'm gonna be a cheapskate and bring Ryan's. You know, I went down when I was in Florida. You know what I like about those little nip bottles, those little little single things. You know, they're they're easy to conceal. And I think in Youngstown, I don't know if we invented sneaking alcohol into events and, yes. and and that kind of thing and drinking out in the parking lot before you go into place. I'm not quite sure if we invented that here. I think we perfected it, you know, back in the day. And even now, you got people going to a bar, sitting in their car, drinking a flask, popping open a, you know, three or four cans of beer in the parking lot. Then they go in the bar, they don't buy shit. And then they complain like there was a $3 cover charge. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, my hero, I, I read a story about some dude in Florida who went the couple days before an event and he buried fifths of alcohol in the ground yes. and then stuck it up during the concert and drank for free. Yeah. It was like in a place like Blossom or yes, someplace. Right. And they went there during the week, they snuck in. And uh, the next thing you know, it was like, uh, it was like, Oh, Hey, here we go. Yep. And, you know, you would think somebody from Youngstown would have invented yes. that. I'm a little disappointed Genius. that we can't take credit for that. <laughs> I bet somebody in Youngstown done that one before. Yeah. Hey, Maria's checking in today. Ran into Maria at the fireplace on uh, Saturday. I'll tell you what. We had a nice get-together at the fireplace on Saturday. It was for the, um, you know, the athletes from Wilson and Mooney get together at the fireplace right around Christmas time for a little mixer. Now, of course, I was kind of a scrub. I was like Tony Soprano. I didn't have the makings of a varsity athlete. <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I was... Uh, a, a somewhat of an athlete nonetheless, but I got to tell you, we had such an awesome time and the, the, the guys that were there were some of the best guys that, you know what, it was just a, a room full of really good people. And I, I'm, I'm really proud to be a part of that whole group there because every one of them guys, and it was just, it was just so fun. And, um, you know, Bob Seeger has that song, See Some Old Friends, It's Good for the Soul. I'm a firm believer in that. 
When I see people that say I went to grade school with, that I'm still friends with, or even people that I went to high school with, and that's been a long time, and you run into these people and stuff, and you're still friends, and you're still cool, and you talk to them, and I mean, I, I there's to me, there's just something about it. Maybe I'm a little sentimental or whatever, but yeah. it just seems like when you get together with these people, or you see somebody you've known from first grade, and you're still friends, and it's like, wow, that's kind of crazy, because I think there's like a kind of a bond there, you know? Do you and, still go to high school reunions? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm usually the host. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> the, the, the last one we had was at the Royal Oaks, and it was <laughs> a hoot. People are still talking about that one. That was uh, nice. that was pretty much. Hey, oh, speaking of the Royal Oaks and speaking about all this stuff, um, coming up on Saturday, we're going to have like a it, – it, it's, it's a Wilson High School get-together, but it's for everybody. I know some of my friends from the east side are coming down, and I know some Struthers gals, some crazy Struthers gals are going to come down. And uh, we're just going to have a big uh, Christmas party, and we're going to do that from like noon to six, and uh, you know, do a little day drinking this way. You know, if you're getting ready to go to uh, midnight mass or something, you get a little buzz on beforehand, and or there's a lot of stuff going on in Youngstown later on in the evening too. So if you're heading out, I think the eight balls are playing over at uh, Cedars. And that's going to be a big night. And uh, my buddy Demas Papademus, who has a new song out that's really good, him and his guys are going to be playing over at the West Side Bowl along with a band called Good Brother Earl from Pittsburgh. And those guys are really good. I totally forgot about those guys. We used to do a lot of stuff with them. And uh, they're going to be out and about. So and whether you're just into some day drinking, uh, you can come and join us. And, uh, or if you just need a couple to get you ready before you head out to see some of these other things that are going on, on, uh, on Saturday night, come on down and see us at the stay loyal to the Royal. It's in the hood, but it's all good. And like I say, we're building it as kind of a Wilson high Christmas party, but it's for everybody, you know, every, everybody wants to be from Wilson. Like my sister, you know, she went to Mooney and she's just like, boy, I wish I could have been a part of your Wilson club. I think that that's kind of scarred her a little bit, made her a little... I don't know. Yeah. But uh, Dave says that uh, tipping the bottle is not an athletic event. <laughs> uh, but if it man. were, uh, yes, you would be a, uh, an Olympic champion, I, a gold medalist, all American, <laughs> all star, you name yes. it. Yeah. 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 I would be. Trenda, how you doing? Trenda, good friend. I still got to get down to uh, see Trenda. That's why I'm, I'm hoping to make it to Daytona Bike Week this, this year. I haven't been down there for a while and Trenda and uh, TJ, I, I always stop by and see them when I can make it down there. And I was just a, about an hour away from them. So uh, look, look at that. My sister, instead of taking my comments as a compliment, she posts a poop emoji. Shit talking. Yeah. Is that what that, is that what that means? That's, that's shit uh, okay. Yep. Is that, is that what she's saying? Yeah. All right. All right. When is she coming on the show? Like you guys uh, soon, soon. Come yeah, on, she'll, you need to be on. <laughs> she'll be on. Uh -huh. She'll be on. I'm working on a couple of big ones that when, if, if, if it all pans out, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now the, the show with my sister, probably not. Yeah. Dave wants me to head out to Sturgis with those guys in 2025. I might have to go 2024 too, because. I ain't getting any younger him and a buddy of ours, Jeff and another buddy of our sap dog went out there this year and they had a blast. They were at uh topless Tuesday and somewhere in Montana. 
And then they had no panties Wednesday somewhere so you else. Do it before it gets no fun, where they take the fun out of it and make everything. <laughs> well, you know what? Correct. No, that, that that's one thing. That's uh, that's one thing that I don't think will ever happen is the political correctness at motorcycle rallies. Yeah. First of all, I don't think there's too many people out there that have the balls to go in there and start shooting their mouth off right. because it's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to respect your space and everything. You might run into the wrong person that doesn't take kindly to that kind of stuff. Do so, they still do wet t-shirt contests? Oh, that, yeah. Well, no that, 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 that was Topless Tuesday. They were in Topless Tuesday. They were Pantyless Wednesday. Hell, yeah. You know, that, that stuff still goes on. Okay. And and like I say, I don't think anybody's got the nerve to come out there and just really start protesting that kind of stuff. Well, they want to pick a fight with bikers? What? You know, <laughs> it's, you know, and it's almost like, okay, just let them guys be. We're not going to agitate it. them or cause any trouble. Yeah, now at um, at Daytona, the big place for the wet T-shirt contest is Dirty Harry's, and I'll tell you what they uh, there are some wild times yeah. down there. Now the problem, I don't I don't consider it a problem, but I mean some guys have a problem with the quality of some of the women in the wet T-shirt contest where they miss the entire point. The whole point of the wet t-shirt contest is just the freedom and the fun and being crazy. Right. You know, you see these guys up there in a big pot belly and stuff, you know, and, yeah, look at that one. Look at those titties. Oh man. Oh, what a, what a cow and all this stuff. And it's like, that, that's not what it's about. If you yeah. go to any of those events and thinking you're going to see like, Hey, it's the playboy playmate modeling team naked you know you're, you're not going to see that right. you know it's just somebody that wants to jump up there and get in there and and have some fun Absolutely. and that's what it's all about the, the just being crazy and the spirit of the whole thing that's is it. what is what it's all about so you never really built your hopes up it's so high but they're still hooting hollering for any girl that gets up there that's you sure. better believe it you better believe it and uh what what else was um what else was on there? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Dave is talking about our buddy Sap Dog. He tipped this one lady a buck on Topless Tuesday. And we just make fun of him for being a cheapskate. It's like that's 50 cents a boob, Sap Dog. Come on. At least go a buck a piece. Right. You know, you can't give her a five dollar bill. You know, she's standing there, you're taking your picture with her, and she has no top on, and you're gonna give her a buck, you know. Cheapy. And he thought he was doing good. He thought he was doing fine. He mm. thought he was right there and he thought he saw nothing wrong with it. And they made was up. Was she insulted? Was she, did she give him a dirty look? Nah, I don't know. No, they, she was just happy. To get you know what? And, and these guys made up patches for him uh, to put on his, on his vest. It says, you know, topless Tuesday, whatever, Montana. And then on the bottom, the quote says, I gave her a buck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so it I, I got to get out there to Sturgis though before it's too late. Yeah. I ain't getting any younger, you know. And once you start getting to this age, you don't know, man. You know, you don't know one day from the next. So hopefully, I can get out there. And that's why I'd love to get down to Daytona too. Here coming up, I, I think I want to have a little bit more fun. Right. Hey, Rick Allen is checking in. Hi, Rick. Uh, Rick is from uh, WQMX in Akron, and he used to work in Youngstown. And he's wishing everybody a uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Good to see you, Rick. And uh, my friend Brenda checking in. Brenda from out in uh, Polk, Pennsylvania. That's a little ways out there. And so, uh, Brenda, big Michael Stanley fan. Uh, speaking of which, we have a Michael Stanley uh, tribute coming to the Robbins Theater in February. 
and it's a bunch of guys. And then uh, they're going to bring in Gary Markaski and Michael Gizmondi, Danny Powers. And uh, I think that's going to be a great show. So make sure uh, you get ready for that one. Uh, what else I got to talk about? I, I think that's it for like the, uh, the preamble here, pre-ramble. Some people call it a preamble. I call it a pre-ramble, <laughs> you know, because the, you know, the, the, the crown hasn't quite kicked in yet. I haven't even touched my espresso. So, uh, you know, well, we, we have to, uh, honor tradition and talk about the Browns from Sunday. As a perfect second segment. Holy cow. Let how did I forget about that? The shirt, like you wear the Browns garb and they win. Look at this. It's, it's, it's victory Monday. I'm all decked out. I don't yeah. have my, my Browns beads on or whatever. But uh, <laughs> Marlo checking in. What's up, Marlo? Hey, Marlo, you and Jeff, come on down to the Royal Oak Saturday afternoon. We're uh, having, a, having a party. All right, man. Yeah, Jaybird's ready to go to Daytona. I got to get back down there. It is a lot of fun. And you know, it's nice. You go down there and it's like in March, but you can catch some bad weather though. Sometimes down there where, you know, you can get 30 degree days. I remember one time I was down there, it was practically snowing and it's really no fun. Like when, when you go to like the, the, the girly bars and that kind of, well, every bar is a girly bar. You know what I mean? Every bar has good looking, scantily clad women, everyone. So, I mean, if, if you're against that, you don't want to be there. You know what I mean? Don't look. Don't look, Ethel. Like that song, you know, they call him the street. Don't look, Ethel. It's too late. She's already been mooned. Yep. And uh, so they have, you know, when they're there in sweat clothes and wearing a hoodie and sweatpants and stuff, it's kind of like, all right, this is no fun. Mm -hmm. It needs to be 60 degrees <laughs> but, plus. But I'll tell you, the one day, one time I went down there and it was, we were in a record cold snap here. It was like seven below and Lake Erie was completely frozen over. And we're down there with a bunch of guys riding around. There was people from like Canada came down and Massachusetts and all these people that were freezing and we're all out riding, man. It, it was a beautiful day. It was like 70 some degrees. So everybody decides to take a ride up to uh, St. Augustine, you know, riding up to St. Augustine all the way along A1A, right up the up the coast and everything. Stopped at Flagler's Beach and a couple of those places where they have some stuff going on. Well, by the time we turned around and started heading back, it got so freaking cold. Oh. The wind is just blowing off the ocean. And it's like, I'm trying to, I'm stopping in every dollar store I see <laughs> to find a hoodie, a sweatshirt, no luck. Man, I got back. I was in like a hot shower for like an hour trying to thaw Damn. out, man, because I had a cutoff t-shirt and I thought, hey, Florida. <laughs> and nobody nope. said, Nobody said once that sun starts going down and the wind starts blowing off the ocean, you're going to freeze your ass off. Yep. But, uh, but uh, I, uh, you know, yeah, Dave uh, said the last time he was down in Daytona, that might have been the time uh, I was there too. Trenda's in Florida right now. She says 50s right now. Yeah, 2017. 2017. Yeah, th this time of year when it, when it warms up to 55 degrees, we put our cargo pants on. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. It's like, <laughs> hey, here we go. I'll tell you what, though, but when I was down there last week, you know, that 60 degree off the off the water could get a little, you know, That's especially good. if it's windy. If it's windy and overcast, 60 degrees down there ain't like 60 degrees here. Unless it's psychological, you see the palm trees and you're thinking, okay, it's got to be, yeah, but it, but it's not. So yeah, the Cleve Brownies, let's get back to that. Yes. Here we go. Brownies. Here we go. Oof, oof. Oh, that was, 
that was really good. Man. Does it remind it was, you of the 80s? Brian? Yes. Oh, the ending of that game. The ending of that game. <laughs> Nobody turned that game off at all. Uh, Sandra Miller, who's our you know midday host on Y103, she was talking about her. Um, yeah, TJ, TJ says that uh, Oktoberfest is always better for the weather. It is. October, and it's not as crowded, but you still have all the same amount of fun. Yep. Yeah, I, I would take Oktoberfest over um the regular one but it's always nice to get away Heck yeah. I, when it's cold here and you go somewhere and it's warm and it, it yeah. just feels so good so anyways sandra miller said that her uh daughter had a dance <laughs> recital or some kind oh, of christmas no. play or something and she said all the parents were sitting out in the parking lot <laughs> waiting to hear the end of the game <laughs> nobody was going in hey you know oh, our kids are going to be dancing they've been practicing all year it's like we ain't leaving this car till i find out what happens and she said all the parents were just sitting in their car. And then at the end of the game, everybody got out and went in. Even though they were a couple minutes late, they all they all went all, in. They all understood that. I love it. But, yeah, I, I, I tell you, it, it was like that everywhere, man. It's just people like love it. right to the end. And then when that ball bounced out of his hands and took that crazy bounce and went flying in the brown. Yep. Oh, man. You know, before Najuko scored that last touchdown, I thought it was done. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, too good to be true. And then the D stepped up, and it, I'll tell you, yeah, Flacco, he's pretty good. Yes, Knock is. on wood. We don't want anything to happen to him. But right. you know what? He's like kind of the first real quarterback that we have had in Cleveland yes. in forever. Although, how about Baker Mayfield? Oh, he went to Lambeau Field and, and put it to the Packers. You know, so Joe Baker. <laughs> I still say Odell Beckham screwed that team up. I, agree. I, I think with him and his dad and they, they just started turning people against Baker. And I, I think he kind of caused the mutiny there. I really do. And that's why I'm not a big fan of his. And I just think that he started all kinds of stirring the pot. And uh, yeah, we did not need a diva at that time. And yeah, got it. yeah, yeah. And he turned a lot of people against Baker yeah. when there was no need for it. Especially, you know, we come off that season before beating the Chiefs or not beating the Chiefs, but taking them to the wire. Yep. And, uh, you know, yeah, he just screwed the whole thing up and he just turned a lot of people against Baker. That's what I thought anyways. So, uh, yeah, brownies, man, got to love it. Now the Steeler Nation, you know, it's funny. <laughs> How, how they want to do this, how they do this. You know, Browns fans, two weeks ago, three weeks ago with that reverse and stuff that blew the game again. What was that, the, the Chargers or the Rams? The, the Rams. Rams. Yep. The Rams game. And then we were all like, Stefanski's got to go. This guy's a jerk. He don't know what the hell he's doing. And now we're like, Stefanski, coach of the year, coach of the year. You know? <laughs> and that's like oh. all the all the Steelers fans today are like turning their back on Tomlin yes. now. He's got to go. Killing. He's a fraud. He never did anything. <laughs> my question or, or my comment on that whole thing is, okay, so Steelers fans, that means you've been blowing smoke up our ass all this time that Tomlin's been there because you were talking about how good you are and how about how you're the greatest team going greatest team of all times you know and we're still uh, you know one for the thumb and all this stuff and now he's a con man he only had cowers players and once big ben was gone blah 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 you know it's like wait a minute no that that's not what you were saying though when you were talking crap to us you were more like oh yeah hey Steelers man Steeler nation now all of a sudden it's like oh he this guy's been a fraud for years it's about time he goes but seriously, who are you going to get 
to, to get, are you going to, is there anybody out there that's some kind of the next Bill Belichick, do you think? They're going to fire Bill this year, too. Well, Nobody's safe. No, no. Bill, <laughs> Bill's about done. It just goes It just goes to show you with uh, Bill, you know, that uh, – and, and maybe with Tomlin, too. You know, you got that franchise quarterback in there. It makes a big difference for these head coaches. Look, look at once, – once Brady was gone, Belichick was nothing. Yep. And, you know, same – well, Tomlin, same thing, you know. And here's what here's what Steelers fans, I think, got to realize is that they're going into this rebuilding phase, yeah. you know. They're going into this rebuilding phase. You can't deny it. Okay, you just got rid of your offensive coordinator. Your, your, your quarterback situation is all in disarray. It, you know, so do you really want to get rid of Tomlin now? And then you go into next season, and now you're thinking about a quarterback, a different offensive coordinator. Then the people that you have already with your team, then you're going to change everything that they do. You know, if, if you learned anything from the Browns over the past 25 exactly. years, you really don't want to go down that road. Yep. You know, you could probably turn it around in three or four years and do a rebuild, but with the inconsistency, I don't think you're ever going to do it. You're, yeah, you're just going to be spinning a your wheels. Years or a decade of bad. Yeah, years. yeah. They're taking the decade route <laughs> right. right about now. Right, right. The two decades. <laughs> we're on. We're on two decades oh, right my now. My goodness. But uh, you know, so and there's, there's a lot of teams that turn around three, four years. They have a dynasty, and you know, they, you just got to accept it. But with the Browns, we have just been so used to sucking for ever when there's probably a few times that if we would have made the right choices and had the you know stuck with the people or got a, a good system going that we could have probably snuck in when some of these teams were on a, right. a downhill slide so uh, maybe this is our year it's hard to get too excited though for th those early first round picks some of those were such stinkers. Oh, man. I know. Such bad choices. <laughs> I know, I know. Like, all I, I got to say is Brandon Whedon, and it puts shivers down my spine. Yeah. Well, they got Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer <laughs> coming in yep. now. So we'll see if he pulls off a Christmas miracle in the reindeer games. We'll no. see where he goes. But one thing I noticed, they use those yellow towels a lot less now. In the yeah, stands. yeah, like right, right. <laughs> but then you still got my sister. She's got that say what shirt on, oh. you know. So every time they do something good, she'll call or text or something. Say what? It's Talking even worse shit. to see somebody in person doing that because it really <laughs> oh. sounds annoying when you hear it. When you see it written down, not too bad. But when they say what? <laughs> say what? You know, you're like, okay, <laughs> shut up. Shut up, shut up. You guys ain't going nowhere. Oh. But yeah, that was, you know, you're, and, and then, you know, what was crazy when they keep showing, you know, the standings and where we stand. And now Cincinnati is right behind us and the Steelers are still knocking at the door. Right. You know what I mean? They're still, they're not completely out of it yet. Yep. And, and then you're just thinking, boy, if we lose this now, we're even with Cincinnati who came out of nowhere and the Steelers are knocking, you know, the Steelers are, you know, they could turn it around. You know, a couple of lucky games or whatever, a couple of fixed games to get them in, like the NFL always likes. You know, so it's uh, as, as an '80s Browns fan, I'm just looking for Denver. I know they're creeping <laughs> somewhere. And that freaking Elway is going to creep up on us. So, I know it. so what does the NFL want? Do they want the Browns? Do they want the Browns and the Lions? To have like two teams that never won a Super Bowl <laughs> yes. battle it out oh, to see who's gonna who's gonna pick it up, you know, and uh, you know, you know, one in Detroit, you know, the Great Lake series or whatever they want to call it, so you know. Let's put our conspiracy theory hat on. How much of the NFL 
is is just fixed like the WWE. <laughs> What's your belief? You know what? I think it could be being from Youngstown. I always think the fix is in on yeah. anything that looks a little shaky. You know, you automatically think that because we've grown up with everything being fixed or corrupt or whatever. But uh, you know, I, it's it, it seems like since legalized gambling, you see a lot more of these bad calls. And I don't know if it's if if you're just paying attention to it more or if it's. Uh, if it's just something that, uh, you know, it's, it's always been there, but you didn't pay that much attention to it. So if it is fixed, I would believe it. And if it's not, you know, I, I would believe that too. But if it ever came out, oh, it was fixed, you know, I just don't like, you know, how pro sports was so against anything gambling. Gambling and pro sports were supposed to be miles and miles apart. Now they're in bed with each other and they're advertising at the game to place bets and they're advertising on TV and they have their, they have their, uh, you know, their spot, you know, their sponsors and everything and official betting partners of the NFL. When did you ever think you would hear official Never. betting partner of the NFL, Never. you know? And so it's like, they embrace it. So, yep. you know, it's like everything else. It's like the weed. It's like the gambling. You know, it used to be so bad and people would go to jail and people would get killed over it. And now it's like, oh, no, wait, we can make money on it. Oh, oh, wait a minute now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wait, we, well, let's take another look at this. Maybe, uh, maybe we could, uh, maybe we could uh, do something here, you know? Hey, you know what today is? As a matter of fact, I think we should do a, oh, you're, you're empty. I am. Well, we can't do a toast unless well, I we do a little bit more then. Yeah. Yeah. That give me, yeah, give me a, well, well, you know what? Let me finish this and then we'll do a toast here because it's a special day and we really should be doing a toast with a double shot. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Today is Keith Richards birthday yes. from the Rolling Stones. So that's why you got to celebrate with a, a double shot. Let's do our Ukrainian toast. Okay. All right. You ready? Are Boop. You guys, what was my part? Hey. Hey, all right. All right. <laughs> Very easy. <laughs> all right. This is an easy toast. All right. You ready? Yeah. Bootmo. Hey. Bootmo. Hey. Bootmo, Bootmo, Bootmo. Hey, hey, hey. Nostrovia. <laughs> to Keith. Oh, yeah. To Keith. Uh, you know, I, I cannot wait to see the Rolling Stones this summer. Believe it or not, out of every band that is out there, I have seen just about everybody. I didn't see Led Zeppelin. That was one that I would really like to have seen. And then some of the real classic ones were before my time. You know, The Doors, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. I would have loved to have seen all of them. But uh, I've seen a, a lot of bands. I don't think there's too many out there that I could sit there and say, oh, I, I didn't see this guy or I wish I could have saw this one. I, I think, you know, for most of the bands that are out there, I, I, I think I saw a lot of them. But I've never seen the Rolling Stones. And we had this one buddy that just passed away this year, our buddy Vince. And he was the biggest Rolling Stones fan. And he never missed the Rolling Stones concert. And he would um, he would always tease me about that. Hey, man, you know, 78, the Stones at, uh, you know, Anaheim Coliseum or at Los Angeles Coliseum. And then, it, you know, they'd always have these stories. And then, um, you know... Uh, Jay Bird, uh, last time they were around, he kind of talked me out of going, 
He was so negative yeah. about it. And then, uh, yeah. then, then him and Vinny ended up going to see him in Detroit or somewhere else. And Hey, we're going. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's you like know, an asshole move, right? Yeah. Jay yeah. I, I would say, yeah. I would say, <laughs> but anyways, I, I, I cannot wait and I hope they stay healthy and I hope I have a chance to see the Rolling Stones one, one more time. So I'm, I'm holding my breath on this one, but I was reading some of the crazy things that Keith Richards has been known for. Uh, at one time he fell out of a tree and wound up with a blood cloth in his head. He was swimming with Ronnie Wood from the stones and uh, he climbed up a tree about seven, eight feet off the ground. When he jumped off, he knocked his head and had a brain hemorrhage and he's still ticking. In another time uh, in 1989 on the Rolling Stone Steel Wheels tour, uh, Keith heard there was shepherd's pie at the venue and he wanted to eat a shepherd's pie and he refused to go on stage until he got his shepherd pie. As a teenager, Keith Richards was kicked out of the Boy Scouts. During his teen years, he was a Boy Scout. He got kicked out for bad behavior, including smuggling whiskey into events <laughs> and he punched out a new recruit. In the 1970s, Keith Richards was uh, poisoned by some dope. He didn't know it was laced with strychnine. Ooh. And uh, he said that it put him in a coma, but he wasn't really in a coma. He was out of it. And all he could hear is people saying, he's dead, he's dead, he's going to die. So, wow. But that didn't get him. Keith Richards went once went nine days without sleeping. He was on the Steel Wheels tour, and he, he, went, he went nine days without sleeping. How about this? He almost got killed by some books. In the late 90s, Keith was at his home library standing on a chair to reach a book about Leonardo da Vinci's study of astronomy. He slipped and fell and the books toppled over on him. <laughs> Nothing and... can kill this guy. <laughs> no, no. He's immortal. Another totally another great story was he was punched in the face by Chuck Berry. And he picked up he he, he was walking by Chuck's dressing room and he saw Chuck's guitar in there and he picked up Chuck's guitar to strum a couple of things just to see. <laughs> And Chuck caught him and said, nobody ever touches my guitar. And he blasted Boom. Keith right in the face. Wow. Well, there's that one tribute show they're doing. It's like a tribute show to Chuck Berry. And it's like Keith Richards and Eric Clapton and, you know, Chuck Berry. And him and Keith almost got into a few fist fights in that one, too, because Keith was telling him, hey, we got to do it this way. We got to mic it this way. And Chuck Berry was just being he, Chuck was really being a jerk this is Chuck Berry music and we'll play it Chuck Berry's way and everything. And they're going, but Chuck, we want it to sound good. Hey, if Chuck Berry's playing, it's going to sound good, you know? And they, 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 they almost come to blows in that one. And you, you could look that one up. It's, it, it, it's pretty good, but uh, yeah, Chuck, yeah, Chuck was a kind of a crazy Scrappy guy. guy. Uh, Chuck or uh, Keith Richards in the late seventies jumped out of a window of a burning house. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's wearing just a t-shirt and his girlfriend had nothing on and they jumped out of the window this burning house mm. i don't know if a jealous boyfriend or somebody caught the house on fire or what and uh, he also talked about snorting his dad's ashes and he he later went on to say that story was kind of a goof and i'm sure there are some things out there that keith richards embellishes you know once you got this reputation and you got this status does he really embellish a lot of that things too but, I, but then again, with Keith, I think a lot of these things are true. I remember one time reading an article um, about this guy, Sky Daniels, and he was from Hubbard. 
And he started out as a DJ, and then he was working at a, a radio station called WCUE in Akron for a while. And then I think he went to Cleveland, and then he went to some big markets, and then he went on to be like a, a big-time record company executive. That's We should track this guy down and get him on the podcast because he would be fantastic. You know, I don't even think people realize that this guy was from Hubbard. Him. Yeah, his name is Sky Daniels. And um, and, and I, it was either an article or he put a book out, and he talks about the time that he actually out-partied Keith Richards. And he was talking about him and Keith went for like three days straight, and finally Keith threw in the towel. So wow. that's a guy from Hubbard, Youngstown guy, out party Keith Richards. So Dang. yeah, look him up. If you see, will, if, see sure. if you see, we'll see if you see something now. You can you can talk a little bit about it. And Keith Richards was on uh, the Willie Nelson 90th anniversary show last night. Did you happen to watch that? Uh -oh. I think that was one of the best shows that I have seen on TV in a long time. Yeah, there he is. That's him. Probably you need a wiki page to, to find out what he's up to. But yeah, this guy, this guy was from Hubbard. And uh, man, he just went right up the ranks and really hit the big time. Yeah, let's see. Sky Daniels, Wikipedia. Uh, okay. He looks young. No, that might not be him. Yeah. That's probably a different one. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's older than me. Okay, well, maybe they're where he's about to retire. That might be that might be him. Uh, maybe he does look young. Maybe he just looks young. Uh, let's see. Let's say about him. Let's see. Stepping down in 2011. Okay. Yeah, you got to get like I'll some earlier, it. earlier stuff about him. But a lot of people don't realize he was from the Youngstown area. And then, you know, I, I don't know if anybody even remembers, you know, before W-O-N-E, they had W-C-U-E. And, uh, you know, that, you know, you had a lot of these, uh, you know, that, that was at the same time that, you know, the buzzard was kicking ass. And I think M105 came on in Cleveland. And uh, it was a really exciting time for, for uh, you know, for, for radio. But yeah, Sky Daniels, I could have swore he had a book out, man, you know, but uh, I'll look him up later. Yeah, yeah, we'll look him up later. But uh, anyways, he he's he claims that uh, he out party Keith Richards, I think maybe in Chicago. I think he went to Chicago and I think this party went down in Chicago. But, I'm, you know, I'm a little hazy about that. All right. You want to move on? What do you want to go to? You want to go to music well or? Give me your opinion on on Keith Richards, Richards and his ability to stay young. And <laughs> it's a mystery. Yeah, they're, the Rolling Stones are robots or something. They're yeah. aliens. They're they're not like regular people. Yeah, they're trying to die. They're jumping out of <laughs> hotel rooms, and still they cannot die. You know what though? I will say this. You know what? You know what's crazy, especially with Mick Jagger. That guy is in tip top physical shape that's what he yeah he, he got moves moves yeah, yeah you know what if you want to if you get moves like jagger you might get something done that's what it you takes it. moves like jagger but i guess he does like a two-hour cardio workout every day you know that's what happened to a lot of these guys you know they went through all this crazy ass partying and everything then they got to the point where they had so much money that they hire a personal chef they hire a personal trainer. When you have nothing else to do but stay in shape, 
I think these guys, a lot of these guys now saw, hey, you know what? We got to stay in shape. We got to keep our voice. We got to have some wind. We got to be able to sing. We got to be yep. able to move. We can't come out there with a pot belly. And I think a lot of these guys saw that and then they changed their ways later in life. Like Ellis Cooper, he was a party madman. He was a maniac, heavy boozer. I mean, Ellis Cooper was right up there with any of these guys. Stones, Joe Walsh, Keith Moon from The Who. Ellis Cooper was right in there with these guys as, as far as a like a party maniac. And then, uh, you know, now he's a scratch golfer. He golfs every single day. This guy is in, you know, he's in tip-top shape. And you can see it. He's slim. He's trim. He's not huffing and puffing. He can move around the stage. And, you know, that that's what I somebody put a uh, some kind of monitor on Mick Jagger during one of his shows. And Mick Jagger put in more physical activity in a Rolling Stone show than like some guys put in in an NBA game. Wow. And that show I this guy, it. this guy's just in super physical shape. Yeah. You know, even like Paul McCartney, all these guys, they quit smoking. They turn, you know, they're vegans, they're vegetarians. They, you know, and that's why they continue to be able to go on at 80 years old because they just started taking care of themselves. And once they got to that point where it was just like, okay, well, what do I do today? I have more money than God. And, uh, well, you know what? I'm going to work out Bruce Springsteen. Another one, you know, these yeah. guys, they got personal trainers. They work out Rod Stewart too, man. Like I went to see that one show and he's prancing around the stage with his shirt unbuttoned, you know, 78 years yeah. old or whatever. I think you got like a 30% chance of surviving the partying lifestyle. But if you do, you'll live forever. Yeah. Like, but right. they're, all, they're all like that. Even what's the cat scratch fever guy. Uh, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent, same thing. Well, Ted never drank. Seriously? Ted never, never drank. No, you know, his his downfall was women. Okay. Ted Nugent's downfall was women. He supposedly he never drank and he never did drugs. Same with it? same with Gene Simmons okay. from Kiss. He's another one. Wow. And but but Ted Nugent, yeah, he was like a womanizer. I think he had some kind of affair with a underage girl or something at one point. You know, there's some kind of story out there floating around. But yeah, Ted, Ted, Ted is one of these guys, you know. And that's why he only eats the meat that he harvests himself, you know, because he doesn't want processed meat. Yeah. He wants to know what what's in his meat, and you yeah, know, he, he likes that like, all all natural. Point, and then he goes straight as an arrow. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, Ted never really was a big boozer or whatever. And he's another guy. He's in uh, he's in he's in good shape, you know. He's in tip top shape, and all there up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> you know, it all depends That's what you arguable. mean. Yeah, it all depends what you mean by he's got it up there. I mean, if, if that means that he could just babble on and shoot out shit and talk, you know, talk crap nonstop and and maybe make some sense in there here and there, then yeah, Ted still got it. But uh, yeah, he's he's another one that uh, you know what the, the thing that got Ted in trouble, I think, with with people in general, was he got too political. You know, he just got too political and people lost interest in him because when you do that, Hey, let's face it in this country, half the, you know, it's still 50, 50, whether you're Trump, Biden, whatever, it's still pretty much 50, 50. You see the elections, it's 48, 52 or whatever. So once you take one side, you're alienating a lot of people. And if you feel like that's your calling though, you know, if you feel that I'd rather be a politician and I, I want to get my views out there because I believe so strongly in them then you're risking a chance that you're going to lose these other people that don't follow you that way. Well, you, you watch guys like 
Kid Rock that goes to the right, and then you watch like Dave Matthews Band and uh, Bruce Springsteen and goes to the left. They still make it somehow, like right. Still well, because you, you still you're still going. You got that pool of fifty percent. Yeah. You still got that pool of fifty yeah. percent to draw from. You know, hey, speaking of Kid Rock, how about his change of heart with Bud Light? Did he change? Oh yeah, oh, I didn't hear about that. No, you know what he said. I think they learned their lesson. And he goes, I don't want to see American workers lose their jobs Ooh. over something so, 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 so crazy about this. You know, we got to move on. And I said this from day one, and I'm on record somewhere saying this from day one. I said, if I was running Bud Light, I would throw the biggest pile of money at Kid Rock and have him be the spokesman and have him. He's the one guy that could turn it all around. Because if Kid Rock comes out and gives the forgiveness, you know, because he said, well, I don't want to be like a snowflake and, you know, I don't Do want to be. Do you think they did that? Do you think they threw some money? Maybe. Way? Maybe. You know what? Maybe this summer you'll see a big Bud Light Kid Rock commercial or, or something like that. But I said that from day one. I was okay. like, if these guys really want to turn it around. And if you notice, you know, Kid Rock has those bars in Nashville and places. He never quit selling Bud Light. Mm. And he was even seen with a Bud Light here and there. So is that just like a, a whole smart mm -hmm. thing? So now if Bud Light wants to come out and Kid Rock comes out and says they have him at the factory or something, hey, this is Kid Rock. I support American workers. I think, you know, Win -win. this is what I'm I'm oh, here yeah. for. Or, you know, hey, Bud Light is, uh, you know, honoring our American soldiers. And he could be the guy. He could turn around and be the spokesman for Bud Light and just turn this whole thing around. And I said that from day one. When they were struggling and stuff, I said, they got to get the kid rock, throw him some money, find out his price, whatever he wants, and tell him, okay, turn this around for us. It's a good plan. It you really know? is. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if this summer <clears throat> uh, you saw that coming up. Yeah. Tracy Randall checking in, as always. Tracy from the hood. Yeah, Vinny, we were talking about the Stones earlier. Our buddy Vinny saw him 14 times. Man. And I'm finally, hopefully, going to get a chance to see them once. <laughs> hey, how about, you know, how about this whole thing with Aerosmith? You haven't even heard anything about Steven Tyler since he blew his voice out. No. I wonder if that's really serious, you know? Because at least, you know, you would think that they would maybe say, hey, Steven's, uh, you know, back and getting ready. I know with Bruce Springsteen, he was having those ulcer problems. But now you're seeing on his Facebook and stuff, hey, Bruce is feeling good. He's ready to go. But uh, you really haven't... Um, you haven't really heard too much about Steven Tyler, how his, uh, his recovery's going. And I'll tell you what, there's a, could you imagine if you have to give back all that money oh, from the tour. because er, the whole oh. tour was sold out yeah. at big, big bucks. Can you imagine having, but keep this in mind too, who's holding on to that money. And you know, they're at least collecting some kind of interest. Yeah. Number one. And number two, I wouldn't be surprised if they had some kind of big insurance policy on this tour too. Because they do that even for rain and stuff. Some of these bigger artists, if their if their show gets maybe rained out at Blossom, if they have a big enough insurance policy, they they won't even reschedule it. They'll just take the money and say, "Hey, you know what? Yep. Win for us. Mm, yep. Yeah, uh, sucks to be everybody else, but we got paid and we didn't even have to play. Sucks for the fans, man. Yeah, yeah, but I, I'm sure <clears throat> that uh, there's some kind of big insurance policy yeah. out for that. I don't think you just do that. Same with the stones. You know they got to have some kind of giant insurance policy out there for that. So, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. I'm knocking on wood and uh, 
I'm just hoping that uh, everything goes well and I get a chance to finally see the stones. I have a ticket, so I'm you're in. <laughs> I'm in. That's why I'm worried. Here it is. Here it is. It's in December. The show is until June, six months away. I got my ticket, but that's my problem. If I ever plan anything in advance, it never really it happens. I think that's because I'm a Sagittarius. I was reading some kind of astrology thing the other day, and it says Sagittarians won't make long-term plans because they think their plans can change at a heartbeat, and they don't want to be tied down to that day. Mm. You know? Would you say like June? Is that what yeah, it is? June fifteenth. Shouldn't you be boarding like an Amtrak? Uh, <laughs> you never know. Now? You never know what might come up. <laughs> you never know what might happen. There might be a better offer than the Stones that's out it. there. I don't know. I don't know. No, You're as of right any now, younger either. No, see, that's that's the thing. Right now, there's there's a few things that I got booked and stuff that I'm not doing any gigs that day. And I, I think 2024, I'm going to do a, a few less gigs. I think I'm going to, you know, try to ride some more and fish some more and and do some kind of stuff like that, you know. But we'll see. But then somebody will call me up and go, dude, we got this thing going on, man. You got, oh, it's going to be, oh, you know, we need you down. I'll be like, oh, what day? Oh, okay. You don't know how to say no. What day? You're going to be doing what? Oh, okay. Okay. I'm there. So when you're down in Florida, do you do all freshwater stuff or you do ocean stuff? Um, Ocean. Well, I, I, I don't really fish down there that much, you know, when I'm down there. I mean, I did do freshwater fishing, you know, when, when my son had his boat down there. And, but, you know, this last time I, I was doing uh, tiki bar stuff. Tiki I was bar. doing tiki bar Safer. stuff. I'm <laughs> petrified. Like I've, I've fished Mosquito and Berlin and yeah. Erie my whole life. Like I do not want to throw a line in the ocean. It is so scary to me that if I pull something in that it might be able to kill me if I reel it in. So no ocean for me. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, but seeing how those big bass are down there and those big crappies, man, that's, that's a lot of water. fun, man. That's yes. a lot of fun. <laughs> Very good. Very good. So, uh, I see Dave posted bubbles up bubbles up is the title of Jimmy Buffett's last song. And it is so freaking good. As a matter of fact, speaking of tiki bars, I'm down there at the sandbar, got my mojito, blueberry mojito, perfect day. And I got my headphones in and I start listening to Jimmy Buffett. And I played that bubbles up song about 15 times and it brought a tear to my oh, eye. It was just like, in the I, moment. Oh, I, you know what? I miss Jimmy Buffett so bad. Jimmy Buffett is one of the celebrities that we lost this year that I, I don't know what I'm going to do really. I mean, I am a, like a, a big time hardcore parrot head. I, I have been from day one. See, I buy it. You know, some people, you know, maybe they're into politics and they're into this and they're into that. But for me, I buy into Jimmy Buffett's music. You know, I, I think one of the problems, not really a problem with Jimmy Buffett, is that so many people... Yeah, I got a whole list here. We're, we're gonna we'll, we'll segue right into this. Okay. Um, we, I, I think Jimmy Buffett. Some people don't realize 
how great of a writer and a songwriter he is because I think the the whole Parrothead persona overshadowed his musical talent. And I think the same thing for Kiss. Everybody looks at Kiss for the makeup and the big show and stuff. But when I was at that last show in Cleveland, I'm sitting there going, oh, wait a minute. You almost forget that. Well, wait a minute. You know, these guys, they, these guys wrote all these songs and these guys are playing these guitar licks and everything. It's like, oh, that's right. They're musicians too. You almost look at it second. And I think a lot of people, and, and you know what? Somebody told me that one time, somebody said, you know, the parrot heads have taken away the, the parrot heads made Jimmy Buffett an act instead of an artist. Oh, yeah. And at first I was pissed off when I heard that, you know, what do you mean? But then when I looked at it, and especially when he died, in, in in a certain way, it really did. Because when people think of Jimmy Buffett right off the bat, they think of parrot heads. They think of people partying and wearing a giant shark suit and guys like me and a coconut shell bra and a grass <laughs> skirt. And, 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 and it's true. It's part of the thing. But they forget that it was Jimmy Buffett is such an awesome songwriter. And, you know, when you really sit down and listen to his songs and listen to his music and, you know, he just always had that positive attitude and songs about pirates and songs about the Caribbean and songs about fishing and songs about being on the ocean. And, you know, I, I, I listen to that music. And it's like he just takes you to this place. And, you know, you know, Bob Dylan had said that Jimmy Buffett was one of his favorite songwriters. And at one point, Bob Dylan and, and um, I think it was Joan Baez, they did some kind of reunion tour and they did a pirate looks at 40. And, you know, when you start looking at Jimmy Buffett's lyrics and when you get into it deeper, it's like, wow, this guy's telling a story. You know, some people, you know, uh, compare him to like a kind of a Mark Twain type writer, but it's like the whole parrot head thing, I think overshadowed his music in a certain way because everybody you think of jimmy buffett automatically and you're thinking about oh yeah man i'm gonna drink a, i'm sitting here at the parking lot at star lake or something and we're mixing margaritas and people are gonna puke and stumble down and everything and they they, they kind of look at that but then they forget that it's the songs of jimmy buffett that really launched him to that and you know what? I, I like to listen to his music because I would rather listen to songs about that. Well, you know, you got just like, you know, you got that one song, Bama Breeze. It's about like his sister's bar in Alabama. You know, he's, you know, pirate looks at 40. Um, changes in attitudes, changes in latitudes. Um, grapefruit, juicy fruit, you know? And it's just like all these songs, Cowboy in the Jungle, Migration, you know, you, you sit there and you listen to these songs and every one of them is this, a, a story that takes you to a place, you know? And then when you sit there and you listen to these songs, I would rather hear a guy singing about, you know, the guy that ate the last mango in Paris and instead of, you know, listening to something that's going to bring me down or whatever is to me, I, 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 I live vicariously through his music. When he's singing about being out on the ocean and sailing and fishing and or exotic tropical ports of call and drinking margaritas and whatever, drinking rum and you know it's and and the characters in his songs. When you listen to songs like you know Havana Daydreaming and you know you know um, 
There's so many of those songs. Now, hey, he stashes cash in Mexico, bought a new suit of clothes. A pirate looks at 40. And a lot of these songs are written about real people that he encountered in his whole time being in the Caribbean and going to these ports and hanging out with pirates and smugglers and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a, there's a real element to his music. And when you listen to the words of his songs, he's really a fantastic songwriter, but I do see now later where the guy said, yeah, man, the parrot heads turned Jimmy Buffett into an act instead of an artist. You know, I, I could see how that could be. I really do. Yeah. And, and uh, but maybe after his death, we'll, We'll sort of celebrate what he is because it's the end of summer. Yeah. He's saying about that, the sunshine uh, belt, the Caribbean. You know, I think, I think we'll do right by him in you the know. future. And, and he has some really great Christmas songs too Christmas in the Caribbean, uh, A Sailor's Christmas, Ho, 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 and a Bottle of Rum. I remember me and my sons, we were down in, in Tampa for Christmas one year in Clearwater Beach, and we played that Christmas album the whole time, and we were just living those songs, you know? Yeah. And it was just like, you know, I, I, I can't believe how big of a, a void that Jimmy Buffett has left, because especially for me personally, and I, I mean a lot of other people too, I think some people are still like, I cannot believe that guy is gone. The only, the, the last person I saw that kind of outpouring for was Tom Petty. People still miss Tom Petty too. Me, number one, that, that missed Tom Petty. But Jimmy Buffett, I mean, he was just a part of my life, you know? And I, not just me. There's so many people out there. It's like, where are we going to go? I mean, you would look to see where Jimmy Buffett was playing in the summertime. You had to be there. It was mm -hmm. like a must be. I got to be there. I don't care what the tickets cost. I'm going. And it, 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 you know, with, with that gone, it's going to leave a large void that, that, the, the, that it'll never be replaced. You'll never be able to do that again. Yeah. You know, all these crazy people though, getting back to the parrot heads, which was part of the fun though. You know what I mean? Hey, can you control that? If people just have so much fun at your concerts, you know, that they take it to this crazy level. I mean, I think that speaks a lot too, you know, not to put down, you know, people being parrot heads and being, you know, uh, because that definitely is part of the fun, man. You know, people would come there with their cars decorated like giant sharks and some people would have a swimming pool in the back of their trucks or whatever. It, it used to be just, it was just, and it was just to celebrate all these good feelings, you know, and you know, the, the I, I'm just into that whole thing. You know, yeah, like uh, Dave says, Jimmy Buffett was a lifestyle. Yeah. And you know what? He sang about the lifestyle that he lived. And I think a lot of us really wanted to live that lifestyle, too. Yeah. You know, uh, just all the songs that he would sing and about the characters and the people that he would sing about in these songs. You know, I mean, when you really just sit back and put the whole parrot head thing aside and you just start listening to his music in depth and some deep cuts and stuff like that, you're like, wow, this guy's something. He's really something special. And as a performer, that's another thing though. That's why everybody loves him because this guy, whether he would, he would turn a, a, a major concert venue. Like he was like some guy sitting there playing a guitar an acoustic guitar at Putin Bay. He would drag you in. He would, he would talk after every single song that he played and he wasn't afraid to sit there and tell a story you know, to talk about it or anything. And that was part of his thing too, is he knew how to entertain a crowd. He was a, such a showman, you know, and a lot of people can't do that. There's a lot of bands out there. They don't have a front man that could really go out there and 
and sit there and talk on stage for a while. You know, most of the, you know, some bands, people be, shut up and play a music, play some music, asshole. Oh, you know, they, they wanted to hear what he had to say. And he would, you know, he would engage the audience and it would just be like, wow. You know, and you know, he sang songs about his family and you know, that's why another reason you felt like you knew the guy, he had a lot of songs about his daughter, his wife, you know, his uncle, his grandfather, his great grandfather, his dad, all sailors and stuff. So a lot of that, he was, it was just really real stuff that he was singing about. And, you know, I, I'm definitely going to miss Jimmy Buffett. I, I used to go see him everywhere. You know, some of these parrot head clubs and stuff would go to Chicago. It would go to Philadelphia. One of the funniest things I've seen at a Jimmy Buffett show was in, in Philadelphia, right? This woman was so shit faced and she is just sitting there puking like crazy. Well, the EMS guys come over to take care of her and it started a chain reaction puke oh, no. because she was just so nasty. And we're just sitting there laughing so hard because, you know, they <laughs> went to help her. It. And then the next thing, you're like, ugh, ugh. it was like something on family guy when they always have those big puke scenes. Or when they did the <laughs> boom, baba, boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. And it was, it was just this big chain reaction puke from all these people, you know, yep. and yeah, you know, we, you know, we'd go see him in Chicago. I saw him one time, New Year's Eve in Brooklyn and Huey Lewis and the news opened the show and they even did a little shot on like Dick Clark's thing or whatever live from, from the show, you know, and that, that was a lot of fun. Seen him in Atlantic city, Atlantic city. That was a tough one. You could get to Atlantic City and, you know, he was playing at the at the auditorium on the boardwalk. And they had a lot of, uh, you know, pre-show parties out on the beach and everything, which really added to it. Okay, it's Jimmy Buffett. He's on the beach. We're, you know, we're having a good time. And, you know, one of the things with Jimmy Buffett is you like to eat oysters, you know, oysters. To me, oysters and, uh, you know, and, and margaritas and either a land shark or a Corona or something along those lines, you know. And I'll tell you, I went to this one place on the beach in Atlantic City and I got some oysters. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> we we thought we were going to get a, a hotel in Reading, Pennsylvania, because I had to be back to do something at Connie out Lake park. So I figured, okay, well, Reading, Pennsylvania, it's a couple hours from Atlantic city. We could get there, we could crash and then get up early and we'll be that much closer to home. I'm thinking, yeah, how far could two and a half hours be? Well, a two and a half hour drive after a Jimmy Buffett show, when you have food poisoning from eating too many oysters is a disaster. And you're telling your driver, pull over on the side of the road. I got to puke. But then you're sitting there thinking, do we want to be caught on the side of the road? And here I am, my full Jimmy Buffett regalia. You know, here's a guy with, you know, coconut shell bra and then this stuff and a, Even in you know, and I'm, I'm standing on the side of the road, puking my guts out, like on the turnpike or whatever. And I'm just thinking, please do not let the cops pull up right now because they're not going to believe I got food poisoning. And it was the oysters that hit me, you know? Yeah. And I think it was because there were so many people there that they couldn't keep them cool or chilled or anything the right way, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't from the alcohol, honestly, it was, it was definitely food poisoning. And I'm just sitting there and I'm puking my guts out and stuff. And fortunately no cops come by because I'm just sitting there thinking, Oh, 
this is, you know, that would have been terrible. Oh, it would have been, it would have been. And, and then it turned out that my gig got rained out of Connie out Lake park that Sunday anyways. And I didn't have to even be there, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that was a, that was a memorable Jimmy Buffett one. I saw him in Chicago, saw him in New York city, Tampa, Tampa was always fun, you know, at the, Tampa, you know, cause you know, before the show, you can get your oysters and find somewhere you're eating shrimp and, you know, the shrimp, they're beginning to boil. And, you know, you could just immerse yourself in that whole Jimmy Buffett culture. Yeah. And, and what, if you've never been to one of their shows, like they attract so many people from so many different demographics, yes. Yes. not only they go into the show, but they fill the city up with just partiers. Like it was amazing. I've, I've driven through a lot of cities for you know, Daytona 500 and yeah. you know, bowl games yeah. and whatever. Jimmy Buffett concerts were the number one for like, just, just sacking an entire city that they were doing a concert in. Yeah. My, you know, my, both of my sons, I, I used to take them at a very young age and we used to have some, so much fun. Although I remember one time my oldest son got pissed at me. We're, we're in Chicago and we're taking the subway out to the, the, the L out to the, the, the stadium. It was at that Toyota park, which was outside of Chicago. And I get on the subway. <laughs> and the first thing I do is I crack open a bottle of Jack and I just start chugging it. My son was going to jump up out of his seat and beat me <laughs> up. I was like, be cool, be cool. You know, he's going, we're going to get arrested. We're going to get, I said, we're in Chicago on a, on the L I said, I don't think somebody's going to stop us. No, for, for there's me. a guy shooting meth. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to care no. that I'm nipping on this bottle of Jack on the way out to the Jimmy Buffett show. But oh. I would say from all the places that I went hands down, the best Jimmy Buffett tailgate parties were at star Lake by far. It was just like a, a parrot head haven. Now they say Cincinnati is a big, a big, big one too. Never made it to Cincinnati. And uh, Jimmy's really big in Cincinnati too. That's another one of the first cities that really embraced him, you know. And of course, with Finn, she come down from Cincinnati, took her three days on mm -hmm. the train. And that's why I took the train too to see him <laughs> in, in Tampa that time, you know? Yep. Yeah. Took me three days on the train looking for some peace and quiet. You know what else we used to do that was a major, major, big time fun thing? We used to do Jimmy Buffett night at the boatyard in, in Liberty. And that was on Wednesday nights. And we had that place so packed every single Wednesday night. It was just, it was just insane, man. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss Jimmy Buffett. I don't know what I'm going to do. Now I see his guitar player, Mac McAnally has been out on the road. I think they're going to do something because they said they had Jimmy's blessing. And I believe it that Jimmy wanted them to keep the music going and stuff. He didn't want it to end. He didn't want the party to end. And now that I'm reading some of these stories about his passing, Jimmy Buffett was really upbeat to the end. He, he recorded that bubbles up like four months before he passed away. And it sounds awesome. That whole album, you know, you wouldn't know that this guy had four months to go, right. you know, but he always had that upbeat attitude, that positive attitude. And everybody that was around him when he passed away just said, he was, he was Jimmy Buffett right to the end. Yep. And he, and he definitely did want the band to continue on in some way and to keep this music going. So and who would you put as front man though on that group? That's a good question. Who would you put mm. as front man? I mean, would you do Kenny Chesney? Is that too, would you do Zach Brown? 
you It'd know? work, but still, that'd be a hard shadow. And, and I see uh, John Mayer stepped up and threw his hat in the <laughs> ring. He said he would do it. A lot of people were against him, but John Mayer is one of those guys that uh, he's deceiving. You know what I think happened with John Mayer? You know, he became like that poster boy, pretty boy. He was a heartbreaker, breaking Poppy. all the hearts of all those supermodels yeah. and stuff and actresses. And But, you know, then when he went on to play with the Grateful Dead, some people were like, John Mayer and the Grateful Dead, this is crazy. Yeah. This is insane. It'll never work. And he fit right in. Yeah. So, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he could if he could be like one of those guys. Yeah. You know? If you got the talent. You know, he, he might be able to fit in there. You know? But I was thinking either Kenny Chesney or Zach Brown might be the guys. That could, you got to be super chill. Like, you yeah. just got to have the personality yes. for it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or do they just, you know, let Mac McAnally, his longtime, you know, partner and uh, Peter Mayer and uh, Dura Shakur and uh, the whole band, they just, just keep the coral reefers and just yeah. reel it in a little bit. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. But are those guys that good of a front man? You know, that's the thing you need, though, with the Jimmy Buffett thing is yeah. you, you got to have that front man. You got to have somebody that's in there to sit there and say, yeah, OK. Tell the stories and yeah, engage the crowd. Yeah, 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 sure. you know. Yeah, Jimmy had come up there and go, oh, yeah, you know, there's this burger joint over in Akron we used to go to. And, you know, everybody go crazy. And he would just bring up every one of his shows that every city he played was geared for that city. You know, if he was in Pittsburgh, he'd be talking about pirates on the Monongahalia River. And, you know, he'd be giving a shout out to Youngstown and, you know, and he'd be saying, yeah, how many people were here when we first played at? You know, the Syria mosque in 1973 and everybody would go crazy. And, and then, but he would do the same thing in Chicago. He would do the same thing in Tampa and it, you know, it'd be totally different. And all the videos on the thing would be focused for that city. Yep. And, you know, he, he was really a master at that too, you know, yeah. making it, making it local. And I always thought I was going to always want to write an article about that for radio because, you know, radio, they always tell you, you want to be local. You know, you want your radio station to sound like your city. And I thought Jimmy Buffett was the prime example on how you do that. When he would play in Pittsburgh, that show was for Pittsburgh. When he would play at Blossom Music Center, that show was for Cleveland, Akron, Youngstown, Canton. When he would play in Tampa, it would be directly for Tampa Bay. It would be all local references, the videos that were on the screen. You know, when he played in Chicago, you'd see him sitting at the Billy Goat having a cheeseburger, you know, and he'd be riding his bike through downtown Chicago and stuff like that. It was always, it was, it was always just every single show that he played was just different and local. And I think that made a, a big difference, man. Sure. Awesome showman, awesome showman, awesome writer. And like I say, sometimes I think the, the, the too many people, um, uh, associate just the parrot head thing. And, and like I said, I saw the same thing with kiss, you know, cause when you think of kiss, what do you think? Gene Simmons ego and just all the different infighting and, you know, kiss is like a soap opera too, you know, kiss got so much stuff going on. And then, then everybody focuses on their merchandising and this and that, and how Gene wants to get every last penny. But then when I'm watching that show, you know, and I'm watching these guys, jamming and stuff and i'm thinking oh these songs are really good and it's like oh wait a minute these guys wrote all these songs and these guys did all this stuff but everybody kind of 
looks past the music because there's so much other shit going on yes. around the whole thing. Well, see, in the 80s, that was sort of a luxury. Like, we didn't have MTV. Right. So I got introduced to music through just the cassette tape and the CD. Right. So I never saw half the bands that I was listening to. <laughs> yeah. So you got to dive into the actual music. Yeah. You didn't get distracted yeah. by the big uniforms and you know, yeah. costumes. Exactly. And exactly. And you know what? And I saw somebody I just recently, I think it was Bill Maher, was interviewing rod stewart and you know rod stewart he's mr gq and he has some kind of crazy suit on and he looks like a million bucks and he's dressed to the nines and then you know uh um bill maher starts saying you know he goes rod he goes i'm looking at like your resume here and then he starts going through all these songs that he wrote, you know, Maggie May, Reason to Believe, uh, you know, and he just starts reading Hot Legs and he's going through this whole list of songs that Rod wrote. And he goes, does anybody ever take you as a songwriter? And he goes, nope. They look at me like, you know, sexy old guy or, you know, and he's another one who's you know, his whole persona and everything overshadows his real songwriting right. ability. You know, people don't look at him as like a songwriter. They look at him as like this character, sex symbol type guy. You know, they don't look at him as like, hey, you know, wow, this guy wrote some good songs. Wow, Maggie May, what a great song. Reason to Believe, what a great song. You know, right. Hot Legs, what a song. This guy's... But, you know, they just look at him as like Rod, Rod Stewart, ladies man, GQ dresser and, and, and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of crazy. And I, I see the same thing is uh, it happened with, um, you know, with, with, with Jimmy Buffett, too. Yeah. And I think as a songwriter, Jimmy Buffett's above all those people kiss. And I mean, he, he's something else and uh, he's definitely going to be missed. But I would say that was my biggest loss in uh that, that hit me the hardest in 2023 was losing Jimmy Buffett. That's a major, okay. who else did we lose this year? We lost, um, well, we lost the iron Sheik. You know, if, if that doesn't, if that doesn't do something to you, I don't know what to tell you. You know, we, we did lose the iron Sheik. Uh, this year we also lost Tina Turner. We lost Harry Belafonte. I liked Harry Belafonte. Yeah. Hey, Oh, Hey, Oh, you know, Jamaican farewell and Telly man, come telly my bananas. Also this year we lost Denny Lane. He was like one of the founding members of the Moody Blues, but he wasn't there for like the Knights in White Satin and stuff. He he left the band right before that. And the one song that he is famous for with the Moody Blues is called Go Now. And that's like a that's like a great song, underrated classic. And then of course Denny Lane went on to join Paul McCartney and Wings for many years and he was his right-hand man there. Uh, also this year we lost Tony Bennett. He was like 90, what? 93, something like that. And he had Slick that super, be, though. and he had that super hot smoking young wife <laughs> right to the end. Yep. You know, it's so nice to see her looking after this man and the true love that was there. True love. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, this one time before he passed away, they had, um, Tony Bennett on with, um, Anderson Cooper did an interview with Tony Bennett. And they're trying to talk to Tony and you could see the guy was, you know, battling dementia and his wife would have to almost translate for him or whatever. And, you know, he was having a difficult time and they said they had him step over to the piano and this guy started playing his song and Tony jumped in 
and just blew this song away. Tears were running down people's faces. Wow. It was like it, it was like he was on the stage at Madison Square Garden or something. Every note, every word, right on key, and he just blows this song away. It just clicks. It, it, it just was like, boom. And it was like, oh, my goodness. Well, I remember... Uh, this one lady that lived across the street from, from us, she had like dementia and that sort of thing, but she could play the piano and sing all day long. And she would sing songs like beautiful dreamer. You would just hear it coming out of the house and lady didn't have, she was gone, right. but, but there was something in that music that clicked. And when I saw Tony Bennett do that too, I, I had a tear in my eye. It was yeah. like, wow, is that amazing? You know? And his voice was strong and he just, the way he was singing and his, hand gestures and just his posture and the way he was coming across is like, this guy's like singing at Madison square garden. And then after that, then, you know, they asked him another question and right didn't, back to didn't even know, didn't even know. Yep. Uh, other people we lost this year, Gary, Wright. He did dream weaver. Remember dream weaver. Mm -hmm. My love is alive. Uh, Dwight Twilley. Now there's one. I don't think everybody remembers Dwight Twilley. He had a song called girls girl. I, I like girls and I'm on fire. He had two songs. He's like a two hit wonder. Um, also this year we lost Robbie Robertson from the band. You know who else passed away early this year? I think a lot of people forgot about David Crosby. You want to talk about another remarkable talent, but a guy that was just cuckoo mm -hmm. and the drugs got to that guy, yeah. you know, but he was so talented. And him and Graham Nash, when those two guys would sing together, they couldn't stand each other. They were always at each other's throats and they would get on stage and they would just harmonize to like, you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash is probably, you know, one of the best vocal groups ever. I would say Crosby, Stills and Nash, the Eagles, the Beatles, the Beach Boys are probably the top four greatest vocal groups of all time for harmony and everything. And it was just like, you know, Graham Nash and David Crosby could just sit there and sing and just have these great harmonies. And then, you know, after they were done, they were going to kill each other. <laughs> they wouldn't even talk to each other, right. but it's, you know, he was something else. He, he had two livers, not one. He blew out two livers, wow. which a lot of people were pissed about that because it's like, how did this guy get up on the list? He, you know, he was a convicted felon, Jacked heavy drug user, you know, his second one. Yeah. Yeah. How's this guy get two? And there's people out here waiting for one, yep. you know? Yep. Oh, and how about with David Crosby? You know what his other claim to fame is? Remember, he was the sperm donor for Melissa Etheridge and her partner's Seriously? baby. Yes. No way. Oh, yeah. They were on the cover of Rolling Stone together. Wow. And they were like, like dressed like flower childs or something. And it was like, uh, oh, who, who was her who was her partner? Anne H, maybe? Yeah. Does that Anne sound H right? And then yeah. after all that, then she went back to being straight. Is there a Crosby kid out there somewhere? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, no, he's alive. Oh, oh, yeah, he's out there. Yeah, no. So he he's got some talent in the DNA. We need <laughs> yeah. to drum that up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he was the he was the he was the sperm donor. Ah, now, now how how do you go through that process though? When you're <laughs> when you're uh when you're sitting there and you're going, you know. Hmm. Okay. You got this lesbian couple. Mm -hmm. How do we, who do we want to father our child? Mm -hmm. Who could we have? Do we want, you know, an athlete? 
Do we yeah. want, uh, you know, we want uh, an actor, maybe somebody like Tom Cruise, uh, a physicist, you know, yeah, yeah, somebody really <laughs> smart. Uh, do we want somebody athletic and smart? Is there somebody out there that's athletic and smart? And then they say, you know who we really need? Light bulb. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> David Crosby. Yes. And then he go, you got it. I was, I was just thinking that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> hey, David, you want to rub one out? We got some news for you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. So that's, uh, that, that's kind of crazy. We lost Gordon Lightfoot this year. He's another one we lost, you know, wreck of Edmund Fitzgerald. And you know what? We got to give a shout out to our buddy, AC McCullough. We lost AC McCullough this year. That was a big loss in the yeah. radio business. Youngstown radio icon, been around forever. And uh, he is uh, definitely missed. A couple of uh, TV people that we lost this year. And this one really broke me up because I really wanted to be on this show in the worst way. I, this was like one of my goals in life was to be on this show. And when this guy passed away this year, I was seriously heartbroken. It, this one touched me. There's a picture floating around out on the internet of me and Viking Jim and this guy. And we still didn't make it on the show. Now there's a 0% chance. 0% Zero. chance. Okay, this is another one here, another heartbreaker, because this is uh, something on my bucket list that I was really trying hard to do, and I came very close. Jerry Springer. We lost Jerry this year, and I was trying hard to be on that show. And the one time we were – I know a ton of people that have been on the Jerry Springer show. I mean, from day one. Uh, a couple of guys I call the Low Life Brothers out in Warren, they were on the show, and they were on there for something like you – know, <laughs> for furries and it was something like people that can only get off with people dressed in fuzzy animal costumes and stuff and so the low light brothers and then another another uh, group uh was in alliance there's a believe it or not there was a lot of people from alliance that were on the jerry springer show and i run into this one woman and we called her granny and uh granny's son was on jerry springer a couple of times and he was like a heartbreaker. He was using these women. So granny decides to come on the show and try to prevent him from getting hooked up with this other woman. And the next thing you know, granny's on there flashing the crowd <laughs> to get her Jerry beads. And we did a party at uh, one of the bars. I think it was a town tavern in Alliance. You know, we had a viewing party and everything. Yeah. And so granny was there and she's flashing her tits and, you know, the kids there and, you know, they're still bitching that he was a heartbreaker and all this crazy stuff. And then, you know, other people are coming up. Hey, you know who I am? No, I'm the chicken man. Remember the episode with the chicken man? And then all these other people that were on Jerry Springer from Alliance are talking about how, like, you know, they, they would send a limo to, like, say, the trailer park or whatever. And these people would go out in style. And once they got to Chicago, first class all the way first class all the way, they would give them all the booze they could handle because they wanted them liquored up on the show. Yeah, that's, that's, they wanted them liquored up when they were on the show. So, you know, these people would go there and they would get all liquored up and then they would do the show. They would get in the fist fight. And then the minute the show was over, that was it. You were on your own <laughs> out the door next. And they would bring them all in. Um, another guy we had that was on Jerry Springer a lot was, uh, Chucky the midget. 
And he he was he was happy with doing that. So don't say, oh man, you know, I'm politically incorrect or whatever. I mean, he was in the midget tossing, he was in the whole nine yards. There was a lot of small people out there that didn't like him because of you know. He just exploited he it. He did. He did not care. He said, "You know what? He would be like dressed up as Chucky at haunted houses. Anything that you could do, you know, with a small person, he would do it." One time for Valentine's Day, we gave away a chocolate-covered midget, and we had this big box, and we had him in there, and he was covered in chocolate, which ended up resulting in burns and some injuries <laughs> when I had to power wash him to get all the chocolate off oh at the end goodness. of the thing at a, at a, at a car wash, you know, <laughs> but we would take him to places like Packard and different places. And we had a big bow on his big thing. You know, of course we, we you wow. know, took like two or three guys to carry it in cause he was heavy. And so, you know, so and then like everybody would come out of the, Delphi, the Packard plant, and I'll be standing there and it would be like somebody's birthday or something. So, you know, there's something in this box. Okay. You got everybody in a plant is standing there and you see us come in and you see this box with a ribbon on it. So it's like, what can be in the box? You know, it's going to be something crazy. And then little Chucky would jump out covered in chocolate in a diaper. (laughs) So he went on, he was on Jerry Springer a lot. He was on Jerry Springer for, for a a lot of different things. And anytime they would have something where they would need like a midget, he would come out. It would be like playboy bunnies that can only get off on midgets or it'd be somebody I'm, I'm cheating on somebody. And you know, the woman would be on there and then she'd be going on. This, you are not half the man that this guy is. You know what? You wouldn't be losing me if you could please me like him. If you would treat me as good as him. If you could do the things that he does, then we'd still be together. All of a sudden, here comes Chucky to make it out. <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose. Yep. Another one they had was the Midget Clan. Now, not only did the Midget Clan not like black people they didn't like tall people and you know they had this whole thing you know they had like uh you know the the midget clan meeting and stuff i swear they filmed it out by the old radio station on web road i swear they did and so then at the end the imperial wizard of the midget clan turns his back on on the whole group and he marries a full-size black woman (laughs) and then all hell just breaks out (laughs) So anytime there was, there was a need for a midget on Jerry Springer, Chucky would be there. So then, you know, then, uh, oh, let me get back to the one in Alliance. So, you know, Granny getting her Jerry beads and stuff. Well, it turned out that that guy went goofy and he was involved in like this police chase and a manhunt and they arrested him out by the Walmart and, it. and it was, it was just like crazy. <laughs> it was insane. And, and, you know, granny called me up crying. She goes, Oh man, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the, it, the you know, but, but she was kind of like, well, he was going off the rails anyways. And it was like almost expected, but so that was the end of that. Now, do you think you were turned down for Jerry because you're too normal? Wait, I will get okay, to that. Right, okay, right. I, that, that, I got to get to the whole story right, of right, me right. knocking on the door. I see our buddy Wild Bill's talking about the time that Hubcap and the Midget were in a grocery cart on 422. We were trying to set a world record <laughs> to see how far you could push a Midget in a shopping cart. 
And back then, he was also working with the WWE. He was Jerry the King Lawler's right hand man. And he was like the little king, and he would wear the same outfit that Jerry Lawler wore and stuff. So Hubcap has him in his shopping cart dressed up in his king WWE outfit. And but every once in a while, he would jump out of the shopping cart and start beating Hubcap with a <laughs> wiffle ball baseball bat. And he did that from downtown Gerard all the way to the Eastwood Mall. No way. Oh, that was just so wild. So now me, in my last ditch effort to get on the Jerry Springer show, and I thought I was in for sure. I thought I was in for sure. Now, remember what you said about me looking too normal, because that did come into play okay. at one point. And so anyways, I'm out at this uh, motorcycle rally out in Newcastle. It was called, um, oh, what do we call that? Thunder at the Cascades. Thunder at the Cascades. They don't do it anymore. But this was like kind of a wild motorcycle rally with like a slip and slide and a wet t-shirt contest and anatomy contest and you know women topless just wearing tons of beads and i mean it was just all out you know all out and i'm so i'm the host of this whole thing so i run into this woman crazy t now crazy t is riding around in a golf cart and she's selling willy beads which are these little strands of beads that you know the women are getting beads for showing you know well the women would buy these beads and throw them out the guys for exposing themselves. Okay. And I mean, she had all kinds too, like little Cleveland Browns. And so she, she was doing this. She was making a little bit of money on the side, going out to all these things. So then it hit me. I said, you know what we need to do? I said, I'm really trying to get on Jerry Springer. And then the, the whole thing hit me. Okay. I said, why don't you come on the Jerry Springer show with me? And our angle will be, I'm a, your jealous boyfriend, and it's either me or the Willie Beads. You know what? If you know, you got to quit going out to these biker things and selling these Willie because you want to promote the Willie Beads. And I thought, here's how we could do this because then once everybody would see these things on Jerry Springer, everybody would want some just okay. even for the novelty, you know? Okay. So I said, listen, why don't we get on there and just say, you know, we're a couple and I've had it. I'm done with you coming out to all these biker rallies and selling these willy beads and giving them to guys for exposing themselves in front of you and stuff. So it's either me or the willy beads. So she goes, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. So I send it into Jerry Springer and they bite and they are just like, oh, you know, so then the, the, the whole process starts rolling, you know, and I mean, it was, you know, like, okay, could you guys be here this day? We're going to work out this, that, the other thing as it, as it continued to roll on, then somewhere in the mix, they wanted like Viking Jim to show up in like a teddy bear suit and something like she could only get off on, <laughs> I, they were going to incorporate they're going to incorporate like the, the, the furry suit into the whole thing and stuff. And I, I can't remember exactly what the, uh, there was another kinky twist in there. And she said, no, you know what? I got to back out of this because I got kids and you know, the Willie beads, they know, but this is just getting too, too crazy. I, I don't want to be in on it. Yeah. 
And I mean, we, we were like getting airline tickets ready and everything. But one of the questions that they asked me, and they were a little concerned because I had too many teeth and not enough tattoos. Really? And they did bring that up. When you asked wow. that, did you look a little too normal? And it was like, in, in, in a way, on that part, yeah, but wow. they were willing to overlook it. If we had Viking Jim there in this uh, teddy bear suit and they started getting it on or something like that. <laughs> and then that's where they drew the line. And uh, they've got standards, man. you know, what? and that was that was the end of my my dream of being on the Jerry Springer mm-hmm. show. But yeah, it was uh, it was, you know, I when Jerry Springer was going to run for U.S. Senate, I was the first guy to interview him on 570. And I did a really good interview with him. And he I'll tell you what, I thought he would have made a good candidate. Because he really did seem like he had the people's best interest in mind. You know, he didn't seem like he was like, you know, a goofball when it came to that. You know, I mean, the the, the Jerry Springer politician side was really, um, you know, he, he seemed serious and sincere. And I think he really wanted to help people. And so then he went on to get a talk show for a while, a short-lived talk show on, on uh, 1100. And I kept trying to get in touch with him because I had all kinds of stuff that would have helped him. And I think they looked at me like, uh, it's some dick from Youngstown. What does he know? You know, but you know, and then the show fell apart, but I had some stuff in there that I thought that would really, it took him to the next level for a talk show host, you know, but yeah, so it goes. So Jerry Springer, another one of my lost dreams, man. Yeah, and they'll never do a Jerry Springer show again. No, 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 they'll no. They'll never get away with it. They can't pull that off anymore. No, it's uh, it's it, it's really sad. You know, what oh, boy, what a loss, what a sad loss for America. You know, Mari Povich is gone too. So who's going to know whose baby daddies are out there? Right. You know, there's and that a, was a guilty pleasure. So many, you know, even yes. if you deny it. You watched that shit just for the train wreck that it was. Oh, Je- no you know, doubt. Jerry Springer, man. We used to do Jerry Springer watch parties over at the ice house yep. and, and when, when different things were on and we, actually we did like a double, we did the weekly world news reading room because Rush Limbaugh had the rush rooms. Remember when he was yes. really, and they would have the rush room and people would read these articles and go place and discuss it. We had the national, we had the weekly world news reading room and Jerry Springer viewing. <laughs> it yeah. was just crazy. You know? what, what was his bald-headed uh, security guy? What was his name? Steve. Steve, Steve Wilco. He was my hero, man. Steve he Wilco. Was so good. Yeah, yeah, Steve Wilco. And then Steve had a show for a little while afterwards, but it, it, it wasn't the same. Yeah. But yeah, Jerry Springer, I mean, you know, that with the political <laughs> correctness now, you'll you'll never see anything like that uh, again. That, that, that'll never happen again. Mm-hmm. Other people that died this year in TV, Norman Lear. Norman Lear was a groundbreaker. He was the guy that was responsible for all in the family, the Jeffersons, uh, Maud, maybe good times. You know, when you see the stuff, when you see clips from like all in the family or the Jeffersons today, I could just see people cringing, yeah. like, like folding, like I, I could see them you going see into like, you know, but, but people didn't take it that way. No. People didn't take it as an insult. They saw the comedy in it, yeah. you know? You know, when he kissed, when Sammy Davis Jr. kissed Archie Bunker, oh my, I saw one today. They had Archie do the eulogy for his friend, Stretch Cunningham. They show up at the funeral and after all these years, Archie finds out that Stretch Cunningham is Jewish and he has to give this eulogy. (laughs) 
you just see people eat up and everybody are just cringing. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, this would never be on TV never. today. And, and I saw another one. It was uh, Archie Bunker was with the Jeffersons and Lionel was going to introduce his girlfriend to the family. And it turned out his girlfriend was white and his, and his parents or the girlfriend's parents were mixed race. This is, I'm talking now, what was that? 70, 68, yeah, 69, 70s, yeah. 70, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, and then, uh, Archie had called, um, George Jefferson's mom, a mammy. So now they're kicking Archie out of the place. And then Archie says, you know, when, when they saw they were going to introduce the couple, the parents, Archie goes, I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying here to watch this. And then there was just this exchange and George Jefferson's going through the roof. And it's like, you would never, ever see anything like that on TV today. Right. But it's like back then people thought, you know, they didn't think it was that way. They were looking at the humor in that situation. Heck yeah. Mockery, you know? like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It's more like they're making fun of it than not, not making it a racial thing or I'm, I'm you know, pointing you out or something, but right. eh, time goes on. Another guy that passed away that I thought was pretty interesting was Marty Cropped, K-R-O-P-T. And he was the guy that came up with HR Puffin stuff. I don't know if you're old, no. young enough to remember that. Uh. Okay, you got to look it up. They were like giant puppets. <laughs> and they had like the witchy poo and, the, you know, all this stuff. And they had like HR Puffin stuff. Who's your friends when things get rough? They looked like somebody on acid designed this whole <laughs> thing. And then when you looked at it, then it, it hit you. Looking back on it now, the guy's name, the main character, H.R. Puffin stuff. You know, they're Puffin stuff. And then they had that other one, Sigmund the Sea Monster, and Land of the Lost. You know, so that's that's for old people here, you know, you know. But and then this guy went on to do um, yeah, see, they had this giant puppet I and they had witchy that. poo and the magic flute and the trees talked. And HR Puffin stuff was some kind of, I don't know what kind of creature. But then the kid that was on there that had the magic flute, he was like the only normal one. And it was like Witchy Poo was always trying to get the thing. And Sigmund the Sea Monster was just as crazy as that. And then, uh, and Land of the Lost too. Boy, everybody oh, used to watch Land the of the Lost. And then this guy also came up with the Donnie and Marie show. He come up with the Brady Bunch and the Barber Mandrell Good Time Hour. You know, these, these guys were like TV geniuses back then. Yep. You know, they were coming up with this creative stuff. But yeah, like HR Puff and stuff. <laughs> and then, then we also had another one on there that was like a puppet show. It was the Banana Splits. Did you ever hear the Banana mm. Splits? <laughs> you got to look them up too. The Banana Splits were like a rock band, but they were all, you know, they were all different, you know, animals, you know. Yeah, one banana, two banana, three banana, four. <laughs> You know, five bananas, six bananas, seven banana more. And, and, you know, and also that's another one of those things that looks like somebody that was on acid. Snorky was an elephant. And, uh, I was going to ask you if uh, LSD was prevalent in this era. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just look at that. But yeah, the banana splits, that was like must watch TV. You know, it wasn't animation. It was giant puppets. And, you know, oh, and then the cool thing about the banana splits was they had the banana buggy. And the banana buggy was one of those six wheel, like ATV precursor to what everything has going on. Plus it could go in the water and, uh, yeah, they had the, 
<laughs> they had the banana splits. Oh, that was funny. And they were a rock band and they would always get into this kind of crazy stuff. But yeah, some of that seventies TV was, was something else. Another one that passed away this year is kind of a heartbreaker. I don't know if a lot of people know who this is. Sue Johansson. Do you know who Sue Johansson is? Mm. Sue Johansson was like this 80 some year old woman that would give out sex advice, kind of like a Dr. Ruth. And she was just like, I think she, I think she was from Canada and it was like your 90 year old grandmother giving you advice on how to be intimate. And she was very sassy, right? No, no, no. She was like, and then she would always pull out these dolls. There she is. Look, (laughs) there's one that she has like a, uh, uh, a a dildo Dildo, and she's showing you how to do something (laughs) You know, but yeah, Sue Johansson, she was like, uh, you know who the other person is? Do you remember who the other old lady sex sex, sex person I was? Think of her name. I'll give you a second and you're going to go, oh yeah. Good. It was uh, Dr. Ruth Westheimer. Remember yep, Dr. Dr. Ruth, Ruth Westheimer? She had that, yep. that German accent and she would, be, but they would be very frank. And that's the same thing with like uh, Sue Johansson. She would be on there and then she would have these little dolls and stuff. And, and, and she would just answer these questions like, and you're just sitting there going, oh man. Without blushing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> and it was almost like matter of fact that the way she did this, you know, and uh, you, you might want to look up some of her old shows too. Sue Johansson, look up the banana, the, the, yeah, the banana bunch, look up HR puff and stuff. Look up Sigmund, the sea monster. Everybody knows the Brady bunch. Can you imagine how much money that guy made for coming up with the Brady Bunch alone? You know, and Norman Lear. Can you imagine how much money that guy was worth with All in the Family and the Jeffersons and Maude and, you know, One Day at a Time? One Day at a Time was probably his most mellow show, you know, most mainstream, I would think. And he might have did Good Times, too, because wasn't Good Times a, a spinoff from the Jeffersons, maybe? I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking. So. Yeah, they, these guys, I don't know. You just don't see that out there anymore, especially Lack with TV. Lack of creativity, you know? And, you know, especially with TV. And and plus, you don't know where to find half the shows now. Yep. You know, a show comes out. You know, back then, we had three channels. You had ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox come along with uh, Married with Children to kind of upset the apple cart a little bit. And that that was like, you know, that was a big thing when the fourth network came out, you know? Yeah. But Well, I challenge... Anybody in their 30s right now to name me a Wednesday night primetime show on either ABC, NBC, or CBS? I couldn't tell you. Nope, not a chance. I could not tell you. Nothing, nothing. I would draw a complete blank. And back in our day, you know, I mean, if you didn't, everybody watched Happy Days. Everybody watched All in the Family. Any of those shows that you could think of, that would be the big talk on the school bus or the next day at school. Hey, did you see what Fonzie said yesterday? You know, stuff like that. And, And now I don't think there's any kind of like water cooler chatter about any shows unless maybe you watch those uh, you know, mass singer and, and shows like that, or like law and order episode or season 94 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, back then you had three channels 
and everybody watched what, what was either on those three channels. And sometimes if your mom or your dad was a dick, it'd make you watch Gunsmoke while Happy Days were on, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or when when one of you, when the doors come on the Ed Sullivan show, he'd flick the channel, you know? Yep. I'm not watching these long-haired yelling screaming yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah back then man it was like uh yeah you know but that's how shows got big because there there was only so many shows that you could watch and so you know if you didn't like this one you you know you didn't have that much variety now i think the variety is killing the whole thing because you don't sit there and have like everybody that's die hard you know some of the reality shows i think have that you know survivor and, and things like that but there's just too much shit out there right now you can't cut through it it's it's really hard to cut through or maybe it's just me but you know yeah are, I, are you are you watching any series right now not right now not I, I watch all those reels on tv i just are on on online i just watch 30 seconds clips of shows you know and i just watch them continuously you know, Sopranos, I, I told you, Tulsa King. I do want to see Tulsa King with uh, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, that I looks like a good one. I subscribe to it, man. Like- I know, I know. <laughs> and then I also, I'll tell you another one that I like that's floating around out there is that uh, Justified. That looks like a really good one. Mm-hmm. You know, I never really got into Yellowstone. I don't know why it didn't, it hasn't clicked on me. You know, that's a badass show. I, you know, I, I like know, it. I know everybody likes it. Yeah. You know, I still watch clips of the Sopranos. I watch, um, like I say, though, I, I think I'm going to break down and get that Paramount plus just to watch that, uh, Tulsa King, Yeah. you know, for, for Sylvester Stallone to do like a TV series. It's like, wow. I mean, I think I, I like curb your enthusiasm too. Although they're doing the last season of that one. That's one of my favorites. But once again, I'm too cheap to get HBO. So I watch like 30 second clips continuously. Yeah. I, I, I have no concept of what in, in, in any order or, or whatever. Fills in the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know why? Because some of the scenes are so good. They're entertaining as right. they're on their own. Then you move on to the next one, you know, but what, uh, what I'm digging right now are those slap fights, like middle of the backwoods, Kentucky, oh. they make up their name, own names. And they oh, go to ring and beat the shit out of each other. I gotta watch that. They're the best. I gotta watch that. <laughs> uh, I will. I will play one for you just to get you hooked. <laughs> oh no. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Wild Bill had mentioned Valerie Bertinelli on uh, One Day at a Time. You know Schneider on that show had some secret hidden cameras or something peak holes. I think that was before hidden cameras. You know Schneider had like peak holes drilled all around that uh, you know Mrs. Romano's apartment there. You know. <laughs> all right, this is called Slap Mountain. Okay, now I've seen the slap bites before. Old slap fights yes, too yes. you know where these women just sit there and haul you know who's you know who's really badass in these slap fights is russians did you ever see some of the russian yes. ones i mean those guys slap these guys upside the head so hard they knock them out nope. <laughs> and some of these guys are so badass they just stand there and take it they don't even flinch no some guy just will just haul off and just back up and uh this is mr mr crystal disrespects the hillbilly <laughs> in slap mountain ladies and gentlemen if you have a void in your life from the jerry springer show i strongly suggest slap mountain mr look at the Cr- oh look he at these guys built. oh man I, I i i might have the belly to be a slap fighter 
Okay, so the this homemade is, ring. Yeah, homemade in their ring. Backyard. Okay, here comes it's this other guy. Mr. Hardcore hillbilly. Here comes hardcore hillbilly out of the woods. He's <laughs> hardcore hillbilly against Mr. Crystal. They're shaking hands. Oh, They're look at that. Look at these big guts hanging out on these dudes. <laughs> this is okay. Here we go. We got the hardcore hillbilly against Mr. Crystal. They're talking some smack. Slap here. Mountain. Yeah. They're Slap oh. the rules. Yeah. Yeah. Going over the rules. They have a little folding one. table there between them, separating the two. <laughs> Quality. Yeah, okay, they're, they're kind of warming up. They got, oh, you can go sit in your corner in a folding chair, too. <laughs> this is awesome. This this is what I've been missing in my life yes. here. Here we go. All right, Mr. Oh, Crystal. Oh, yeah, Mr. Crystal. That was kind of weak against the hillbilly. He wants to shake hillbilly's hand. No, hillbilly's had nothing to do with it. denied him. All right, here we go, man. All right, Mr. Crystal's ready. Come on, knock him down. Knock him down. Here we go. Oh, Oh, that that wasn't him. Hit his nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that. Yeah, he missed the side of his head. Hey, I like how there's a car in the background that's like down (laughs) in a ditch. (laughs) (laughs) Broken down Uh, cars in the ladies and gentlemen. You got to check this out, man. Slap Mountain. Oh. All right, who's going to win here between Mr. Crystal and the Hillbilly? All right, you got to you got to follow that up with an actual good hit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh okay. Come on. Now, Stop I'll tell you what, they they would never Oh, they would never weak. match some of these Russian guys. No. Some of these Russian guys are insane. All oh, right, that was, that was a, good. Yeah, that was a pretty good that one. That was a good hit. Like I say though, some of these I seen these guys bring that slap from the floor and just come out and just Rocky. Man, you just see these dudes go flying. Uh-oh, the, the referee is yelling something out of the ring right now. No, that's not the referee. That's one of, oh, the, the, the guys from each team are, like, taunting each other. Oh. It's, it's round three now, and we, okay. hit, we had Slap Mountain. three really bad slaps and one decent one. Slap Mountain. Here we go. Oh! We had some weight behind that one. That wasn't bad. Yeah, but these guys—you know what though? The you could tell these guys are. He, oh, he kind of hit him on the jaw on the it's side like of the, the neck. Ear, yeah, yeah. I don't know what he's yelling at the crowd. Oh, you got to see the crowd too. The crowd makes the whole thing. All these piece of cars lined up around the ring. It's like it was put in someone's backyard yeah, in Appalachia somewhere miss? in West Virginia. Did he just miss them? Yeah, he just missed them. Uh, I don't think the hillbilly wants to win. I don't think so. Mr. Crystal's taking it so far. Like I say, I've seen the real ones where these guys just knock their blocks off, or like the guys are unconscious. Here we yeah, go. These guys are just Mr. A bunch Crystal. Of... Yeah, these, these are definitely backwoods amateur. Oh, yep. that was nothing. Nope, that was playing around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm halfway thinking these. Are, this isn't real. You know what? I'm beginning to think that too. Yeah. You know what? I think these guys are a put on. Oh, oh, I, oh was, yeah. Whoa. Okay. Oh. Now that rocked him. That, okay. He just got knocked down. The, the hillbilly just knocked down Mr. Crystal. All right. Down goes Crystal. Yeah. 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 That was a good one. Okay. That was real. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. He stumbled. Yeah. Yes. Good thing okay. the ropes were there. Falling backwards. Yeah. Three steps backwards into the ropes and down oh, goes mr crystal he's lucky he's lucky yeah. he bounced back from that yeah yeah okay i'll have to keep that in mind i gotta add that to my uh repertoire okay. in, right. in, into my uh, viewing library slap mountain yeah if, but if you kind of want that you know like train wreck dumpster fire type of thing it'll fill that void yeah <laughs>
Oh, very good. Yeah, TJ, good. I, I can't show any of the video. It's it's copyrighted stuff. Yeah, so. unfortunately. But we did our best to do commentary. On yeah, it. yeah. You, you'll just have to look it up yourself. Yeah, episode you're, you're a two. Guy. You know if you want to line it. it up and and watch the video. Yeah, oh, with two. us. Yeah, yeah. For be sure. like, a, and then we can critique it. Yeah, That's yeah, what we yeah. say. We should have gave away. Okay, you know, everybody watch this. All at right, home. hit play right yeah. now. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, well, what do you think? We're going to wrap it up. Yeah, this is our last that. show for the year. And uh, coming back, our next show will be on uh, Monday, J January 8th. And we're starting it off this year. We're starting uh, 2024 off right with our buddy Basil. Yes. And you know, Basil is just a wild man. He's bringing his comedy show to Robin's Theater in March. They're going to be taping this for a, a, a big uh, TV special. And I would definitely like to uh, pack the house for our buddy Basil and make this look really respectable. So everybody have a happy new year, a Merry Christmas. And we will be back on January 8th. And, uh, you know, like I say, everybody have a good Christmas. And I'll tell you what, even, you know what, if you're uh, down, some people get down this time of year for various things, you know, hang in there, man. Better days are coming. You know, nothing, nothing you're going through is going to be, you know, you know, there's, there, there's always hope for everything. So, you know, so everybody hang in there and, uh, let's try to have a couple of laughs and try to get, you know, try to get in a little bit of holiday cheer and let's all just hope for a really great 2024 for all of us. And, uh, that, that's what I'm hoping for. So Joe, thank you. I'm glad we got the podcast back up and running here. And as I said, our next show is going to be on Monday, January 8th. And our special guest is the one and only Basil. So, you know, it's going to be a crazy one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays, everybody. We'll see you January 8th. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for listening to this show on Youngstown Studio. This is original Youngstown content. Feel free to share our videos and tell your friends about us. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook. Thank you for your support.